The table is open. Welcome to Below the Upper Room. Hi, Kenzie. Hi, Adriana. And welcome to Below the Upper Room. For old Lang Syne, I don't know the rest of the words. The old Lang Syne. Oh, yeah. New year. New year. New us. 2024. Year two of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, year two. Year two. Year two. two. We started 2022. Wow. Y'all, my life has changed so much since that day. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. A new year. Our New Year's resolution is to put out slightly more episodes this year. So true. That's our So be a little more consistent. (laughs) We're, We're kind of more settled into it now. Hey, everyone has growing pains, right? Even us, even us. Even us, which we're professionals. Yeah, we are professional podcasters. And even us, we still, you know, have to adjust and grow and yeah, learn. And change and listen mm-hmm. and speak. Yeah. But <laughs> some people should be silent. Um, and those people are um, the woman who wrote the New York Times opinion piece about how Taylor is secretly a lesbian, which is just insane. Here's the thing. Shout out to our queer audience, our LGBTQ plus audience. Love y'all. If Taylor was gay, cool. Love that for her. Um, I don't think she's a secret lesbian. Call me controversial. I simply don't think that's true. What do you think, Kenzie? Yeah, so my position is on on Gaylers, and I think I might have said this on the pod before. There are some people that, like, are, like, I'm morally opposed to Gaylers because they're trying to out her and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. Um, You know, Taylor Swift is a public figure, and not saying it's right or wrong, but with uh, being a public figure... People are going to speculate on certain aspects of your personal life. That just comes with the territory. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the trade-off of being famous. Not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's the reality. So I don't really mind people being like, oh, like, you're trying to out her. Because, first of all, these people have no actual power. How can they out, out the most famous woman in the world if she was gay? My problem with gaylers is that they are insane. (laughs) And... Every time you're like, that makes no sense, then they treat you like you're insane. And I don't like crazy people calling me crazy. (laughs) And if you've never listened to this podcast before, you're probably confused as to why we're talking about this. But as you know, we are a Christian pop culture podcast, and we also talk about Taylor Swift. I've always tried to make a connection, and it's gotten to the point where she's just another these are yeah there's taylor swift corner yeah this is taylor swift corner we always have to get it out of the way or we will literally talk about it for hours i hope we have some new listeners in the new year that would be super sick shout out if you're a new listener if you're a new listener follow us on instagram (laughs) (laughs) at below the upper room below the upper room we love taylor swift um and all of her highs and epic lows so you know we talk about her a lot. So th- that was Taylor Corner. My New Year's resolution is I'm going to try to be less hyper fixated on her this year. It's going to be a little challenging. But yeah, I, I let us know in the comments what you think. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. 
what's everyone's new year's resolution yeah let us know in the comments what your new year's resolution is and maybe your new year's resolution can be don't write an insane opinion piece actually maybe don't be a huge media conglomerate and then publish an insane but anyone anyone can have their opinion posted in the new york times new year people should have less opinions i'm kidding that's a joke i'm kidding so moving on that was taylor corner guys i'm gonna try to be better this year taylor corner is over now we're getting into the real shit speaking of real shit instagram reels have you been exposed to any crazy christian couple instagram reels every damn day i sorry for cursing i just eat it is astounding i've said it before instagram reels is a godless place but i am constantly astounded by what people will publicly say on the internet did we say this last week where i talked about how christian women are going online saying they didn't even find their husbands attractive and i think we've talked about this multiple times (laughs) but it still is crazy you know i'm in my deconstruction era like i'm exploring god and theology in a way where like that's critical and i want to be introspective so There's things I like, like people post reels with Christian themes or they are talking about Christian theology and I engage with that content because I find it interesting. And I think because I do that, Instagram has pushed me into a demographic in which I am not. And I am not one of these women that are thinking like, you know, I, when I saw my partner, I thought they were ugly and I did was not attracted to them. But you know, it was their spirituality and their love of God that made me love them. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. You're a victim. If you feel that way, you should be attracted to your partner. Sometimes your partner can make you mad, you know, like things are not always sunshine and roses. I understand that. And maybe even your partner wasn't your type. Like when you met them, like I know a couple and when they went on their first date, he had tattoos and she was like, Oh, never dated a guy with tattoos before, but she still found him attractive. Like, I can't imagine this woman ever going online and being like, I never found him attractive at first, but then I looked past it for God. That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, I want to talk about an Instagram christian instagram reel that i saw what did you see um so it was this woman talking about well okay let me just preface this by saying you know that meme on twitter of the big smiling face yeah (laughs) the like yellow smiling face the emoji no yeah it's so it's a gif and i'll post it on our instagram (laughs) it's a gif of like a big smiling emoji and then <laughs> and then it it frowns no, i'm just talking. laughing thinking about it guys if you don't know what we're talking about go to our instagram because <laughs> it, it i can't describe it very well but that was my face while watching this i think it was a tiktok not an instagram yeah. reel but that was my face watching this this tiktok of this woman being like I hate the immodest wedding trend, Mm -hmm. so I had a custom-made wedding gown, and I was like, oh my gosh, yay, like, and then (laughs) the last slide was like, there's nothing uglier than an immodest bride, and I went, oh, (laughs) not the ending I was expecting, I, here's, okay, Um, I'm gonna give 
I, I've been told I'm a little too kind <laughs> to certain <laughs> demographics, uh, particularly the purity culture demographic. Here's the thing. I don't want to be unkind because I understand, like, that's your values. Like, and we have talked about this. Like, if that is your value, stand on it. We have talked in extent at length about how harmful I think purity culture is. And I know modesty is a very important part of a lot of uh, religions. Like, um, and I, I've learned a lot about it, like following people of different faiths online. Like, I've learned a lot about modesty in different cultures. Um, and I understand, like, there is a cultural value to it, like a personal, spiritual, cultural value for a lot of people. But when it, you start shaming other people, then I'm like, ooh, don't like that. Mm-hmm. Don't like that. It's like that last part was not needed. No! Like, you demonstrated your point. Yes, and like, if... Oh, that you wanted a modest dress. Yeah. So you... And also to say that, to say that immodesty is like a trend and that there's no modest wedding dresses so you had to get a custom-made dress there are modest weddings yes. there are whole companies that make modest wedding so for You're you complaining to, about a problem that doesn't exist that, exactly yeah so for you to say that it's so unique i just don't it's like you can get a modest wedding dress mm-hmm. There, I, I mean, maybe the one that sh- she had a vision for a certain type of dress yeah. that, and that could only be accomplished by custom making <laughs> yeah. a dress. But why say that last part? Maybe for TikTok engagement. No, that's why. Yeah, because there's a whole industry around modest wear. The idea that there's just no in modest dresses because of Satan or whatever is crazy. Like that's not true. There's a whole industry around dressing modestly so i think if you want to do that then that's cool but don't be weird about it yeah (laughs) and i i think it is for engagement i think using something like that to hate on other people is very bizarre behavior but the internet's made up of haters is it not and we're haters we're the biggest haters of all (laughs) no speaking of haters we have some predictions for for 2024 yeah so it is the new year and People are posting in and out lists and hate it. Everyone's just posting nouns. In, coffee, out, feeling sensitive. I'm like, okay, we got it. We've lost the plot. <laughs> We've lost the plot. Um, we're just like, posting nouns and feelings now. Yeah, we need to go back to good old-fashioned predictions. Yes. People are so afraid to, of taking chances. Yeah. Not us. Willing to be wrong. That's us. We're willing to be wrong. Mm-hmm. So... Here's some predictions. Some of them I'm already witnessing come true. And I, one of mine just yeah, came true. Yes. Uh, well, my first prediction was now, again, I don't have TikTok because I think it's evil, not for like fake satanic demon reasons. I just think it's evil because it ruins people's brains. Like, and too much content. You don't need to see that. You don't need to see that much information all the time. Anyway. So I'm a little behind, and I had a friend tell me this. They're like, Adriana, this discourse is already happening. You just don't see it because you're over on reels. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's fair. Uh, but I predicted that there would be intense discourse about putting bows on everything. That's already happened. Articles have been written. I don't even know if I can call it a prediction. Let the record show I predicted it before it happened you knew about it before i knew it was already occurring so i'm gonna still count that as a prediction first correct prediction of 2024 my next prediction gypsy rose blanchard was released from prison um i hope and pray she just 
lives a normal life. She's married. Good for her. I predicted she would like do some interviews. Maybe come out with a reality show. Already happening. Already happening. So. Well, you said specifically call her daddy, yes, right? Yes, I thought. And some people said like, I don't know. And I'm like, mm, she, I, I just see it. I just could see. I think she could go and call her daddy. I think she's too big for call her daddy. I don't know. Amanda Knox went on call her daddy. And that was a crazy Mm. case. That was a huge case. Yeah, maybe. I predict that Bridget Mendler Mm -hmm. will come out with a new project. Okay. Not necessarily music, but she will come out with something. Whether it's... I don't know. Mm-hmm. She will come out with something because of, towards the end of 2023, there was a Bridget Mendler renaissance where people were like, wow, she actually has some good music. Mm-hmm. What is she doing? Like, oh, she's like getting a million degrees now. Yeah, she's left smart. the entertainment industry. But I think she, if you guys remember, I think it was like towards the the yeah. beginning of 2023. Like, she or... said, stay tuned for more news. And people were like, oh, she's like, I guess... No, I think a project will be happening. Mm-hmm. It may not be music. Okay. I Something that I predicted that has come true already, Mickey Mouse horror movie, do, <laughs> like, because the copyright yeah, lifted. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if a horror movie is coming out, but I saw that an horror anthology mm-hmm. type game is coming out with uh, Steamboat Willie. So, Interesting. Yeah, I just, I, I can check that yeah. off my list. My next prediction, Tavis engagement, Taylor Travis engagement. When do you think? Like, Obviously, I don't know when her next tour break is. I just, I, and people, listen, I'm not, I was never, this is, I am on the record somewhere of, I never gave a frick, a flying fuck about any of her boyfriends. I love making fun of Joe. I know he's done really anything wrong, but I love saying Joe Bliss. It makes me laugh every fucking time. Every time we see Travis, like, doing something and her family's involved, like, and people are like, you just never saw this with conversations with friends. Makes me laugh every time. However, I I just, I was sad in that parasocial way when they broke up. Like, because I was like, oh, I really thought, like, they were, like, like, she seemed to really love him. I be- truly believe she did. Like, I really think they did love I mean, you other. can't be with someone yeah. for almost seven years and not love them. And I think, like, it, I just felt sad. Like, cause I was like, oh, like, I thought that was going to be it for her. And I was happy for her. And then when it ended, I was like, oh, like, I'm sad for her. Obviously, as sad as you can be for a billionaire pop star. But something's different with this I don't know I think I just like their family the Kelsey family I liked them before they even started you dating. listen to the podcast I do listen to the podcast and pre-Taylor right not pre-Taylor I'll admit oh. to that but I did like I watched their documentary I thought their story was great I watched the Super Bowl when they were like play I was like what a cool like family and I just loved I really liked their family and I there's just something about them guys I, I will can't say help the it. combination of like pop star yes. with like athlete i think that's really interesting posh Bex, david beckham mm-hmm. posh spice like they're still together and like i don't know and obviously some people are like it's so heteronormative to be like she should get married and have kids and i'm like maybe that is one of taylor's dreams maybe it's not but like i just like them together honestly if they had an amicable breakup an amicable breakup 
I would be sad. Like, genuinely. I'd be like, oh, I actually did like that guy. Like, wish you the best, So dude. when do you think they're going to get engaged? Fall. Mmm, fall, not even winter. I just think I'm just getting a vibe. There's something in the water. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm just getting a vibe. It's an energy shift. Like, I just think... And the way her fans are acting, obviously insane, like normal. But there's just something different. Maybe it's because Travis is actually, like, very hot to me. So, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a prediction that I have is another another Bravo celebrity will be arrested. You know, who's it going to be? I don't know. Hard to say, Isn't but I feel like them. it's coming. <laughs> um, you know, it might even not be directly like a Bravo celebrity. Maybe it's like a husband. Mm-hmm. but Tangentially related um, to the Bravo the Bravo universe. Yes, yeah, someone's getting arrested. Mm-hmm. My, it's either going to be... You know what? I don't want to... I don't yeah. want to say who I think it's going to okay. be. I'm going to cast a wide net. Okay. So I'm not wrong. Okay. <laughs> Another of my predictions, first prominent celebrity thruple. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we've had thruples in the news in the past. It's kind of old hat amongst a lot of people. However, we have not seen a celebrity thruple hit the mainstream that your grandma would know about. And this is what I think yeah, is Yeah, the happen. biggest person in a thruple that I can think of that wasn't a thruple mm-hmm. was a Frankie Grande. Yeah. And there's no way my grandma knows who that is. <laughs> like, in the way your grandparents, like, know who Taylor Swift is generally at this point, for the most part, that's what I think is going to occur. I think it's probably going to be someone on, like, a, like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, like an like a like a like a cable TV show maybe, honestly, or maybe that? like a maybe like a, a a big star in the past that's Phoebe still big. In a yeah, but my grandparents don't know. No, who but Phoebe I was just trying to think if I knew anybody, in a th- and I don't know Phoebe. Bridge. But you but. think it's gonna be like on the cover of People magazine? Yes, and I think it's gonna like be like a coming out. Yes, I think they're gonna try and be like this is the next wave, and it's just like. Sure, why not? If you're in a thruple out there, no hate. Um, is it, you know, I don't even live your truth. Um, but I think it's going to be the next thing that, like, Fox News gets mad about. Like, it's going to be the next, like, weird fear-mongering thing. It's like, oh, the kids are in thruples now. And it's like, no, that's just not true. Um, a lot more kids are furries, which is a whole other conversation more than... They, they don't even know about that. Well, actually, they do. No, they do, they and do they get mad about it. They do get mad about it. Uh, so, yeah, that's my prediction. Um, I think first prominent celebrity thruple is going to hit hit the newsstands. Mm. Kenzie, do you have another I, prediction? Um, this is more of a fashion trend. So I think brown mm-hmm. and drab and long and covered up mm-hmm. i think brown's gonna be big this year yeah like brown's um, already kind of and big. i nails? think yes i think i think all the blondes are gonna go brunette mm-hmm. i think that clothing like we saw like it uh, two years ago like a y2k mm-hmm. and uh i think in contrast to that people are gonna bring be more 
muted, I guess. Mm -hmm. And another fashion thing that I think is going to be even bigger than it is now is clothing rentals. Mm -hmm. Because we're having all these micro trends that people aren't going to... I hope that this is, like, people aren't going to want to, like, buy, you know, Mm -hmm. clothes all the time. So clothing rentals are going to be even bigger than they are now. We're already kind of seeing this, but um, I I think that starting in 2024, even, like, the average everyday person, not an influencer, will be like, oh, yeah, I use X Mm -hmm. clothing rental place. I agree. I mean, I know I have so many friends who use it regularly, like... Which, that was the first time I'd heard of just, like, people just using it just regularly. Like, not, like, for prom or, like, a special event. Now it's, like, you're renting clothes just to, like, go out. Like, not even for... Like, not even for an occasion. Yeah. Just, like, dressing for... To have a diverse wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Along those lines, I also think... This is gonna not make a lot of sense, but... I'm already seeing the return. I'm already seeing the return of like office wear. And let me explain. So in the 2000s, obviously I was not out the club, but people would wear like business business casual to clubs. Like that was the norm. Like you dressed like that to like, that was you dressing nice, like to go to the clubs. And I'm already seeing influencers like, they call it preppy, but it's just business casual. They call it preppy wear. And I know there's a different definition of preppy. Like if you're younger, I'm a little bit in touch with the kids. Okay. Like I know. It's so preppy in here. Yes. Like, <laughs> and I know, and I don't fully understand what they're talking about. Like that younger definition. But what I'm seeing among adults is like. Business casual. It's business casual. Like, but they call it dressing preppy and, or like academic that's like another word I've heard used for it like I know people like dark academia like this is how I'm dressing I don't fully understand what that means but I'm seeing this I'm like you're just dressing business casual like I I think that it's gonna be because thinking about this year Miu Miu did Mm -hmm. that runway where like everyone's hair was like windswept yeah but they were all wearing like uh, suit sets, yes. like the little yes. top and the little skirt. And suit sets have been in for a while, like girls wearing oversized blazers to go out. I think it's slowly been trickling back, and now we're seeing like full sets at the club. <laughs> like, yeah, they're not wearing bla- blazers with jeans anymore. They're yeah. wearing more business casual. Yes, so I I'm, I'm think along those lines, I see the return of business casual. Also, prints, like big, bold prints. I've seen a lot of high-end like dresses worn by influencers i know they're high-end because i click on the price and the link in their bio and it's astronomical i can't imagine spending that much money on anything other than the what lady. kind of prints they're like big florals chevron i've seen a couple of three thousand dollar chevron dresses and that sounds insane but i've seen it like when those fancy weddings that these influencers or micro celebrities what do you want whatever you want to call them they're it's like I'm seeing a lot of it, and I would never imagine Chevron would come back, and yet, here we are. Here we are. A prediction I have is Sabrina Breyer, mm-hmm. who, if you guys are on TikTok or Twitter, you know that who that is. I think she will be cast in a TV show. <gasps> I think it will be in a supporting role. Yes. And it'll be a show, like, about living in New York. Mm-hmm. 
um, and maybe being in like the comedy scene. It'll be a show like, you know, Hacks or Search Party or something like that. But I think I see that for her, that she is going to get her big mainstream break She's not so as damn funny. yeah yeah not as like the main star <laughs> yeah. but in like a supporting role i agree i could see that as well i think well the way we consume true crime has been in the media for a while and how it's bad <laughs> but i think we're gonna see like a lot more of victim focused stories i'm hoping this is my hope this is a hopeful prediction where because some people from the interviews i've seen in certain documentaries like newer ones that are coming out they're very victim focused and like the parent will be like i want to talk about my child because i want people to know like they were a person they existed like i think that can be very healing but i think we've had such an awful trend of like I don't want to call it glamorizing, but just like, like the Ted, was it not Ted Bundy? It was Jeffrey Dahmer. The Jeffrey Dahmer show. Like I heard it was like good amongst like regular old people. Like they enjoyed watching it, but there's something about it that makes me feel weird. And I just, Oh, like, I don't know. Like I've always said, I like true crime from the perspective of, I like if it's an interesting case, I like knowing how they caught the person. If it was like good detective work, which is why BTK upsets me because like they, it was kind of a fluke that they caught him. Like he just didn't know what a floppy disk was. And like that, it took him years to find out. I hope Mindhunter comes back. That's yeah. actually, actually controversial. I, I also think Mindhunter, some people call it copaganda. Maybe in the first season, second season, they were pretty much breaking down. Like, here's why this is maybe not the most it's a little bit of a junk science in that show they're they don't come right out and say this but they're building up to btk they've shown him randomly they and when they did the quote-unquote profile they're wrong he's not a loner he has a family he was an elder in the church like they're totally wrong for that reason i think the show is a little bit more like not it's not just straight up propaganda like I think they are a little bit like trying to make say something but of course it's been many years since a new season so we can't fully explore that idea so I have no idea so that's my wild card uh prediction is Mindhunter coming Mindhunter season three announcement is going to come out this Mm, year there you did you see on Twitter they were posting about it today yes so I'm I'm hopeful because I want to see the conclusion if it's the direction I think it's going to go, which is going to be a statement about junk science, essentially. And I'm not an expert. And maybe it's not junk science. I've just seen, like, a lot of these profiles were wrong. And some of them are right, but a lot of them were wrong. And anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But that's my other prediction is, I think, season three of Hunter. I think in 2024, mm-hmm. there's going to be a... Um, discoveries about major side effects about Ozempic. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think it's going to be really, really crazy. Yeah. Like, that there's going to be, a, like, a weird side effect that no one even knew about. Yeah. And, yeah. Because I'm like, hmm, this is just too big. This whole Ozempic mm-hmm. thing is just too big right now. Yeah. Something's going to give. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have our first big family vlogger tell-all documentary like 
children coming forward, children of family bloggers. Mm-hmm. They're going to come forward and do a tell-all. Now, a lot of the kids who are actively being exploited are not old enough yet to do this. So we might see another reckoning and another... T- but there are some that are going to that first wave of yes. family vloggers that are going to be like 18. Yes. So I think in the next, honestly, within the next decade, I think we're going to see a lot of it. And I think laws are going to change. Maybe not this year, but I feel like we're due for some better mm-hmm. laws protecting these exploited children. I think that we're going to see um, a big anti-wedding movement. Yes. Because weddings have gotten so expensive. And it's so for the camera, a lot of it. When I say the camera, I mean social media. Yeah, yeah, um, I I completely agree. I've seen a lot more elopement um, material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why am I calling it material? Like, material. Content. Content. I'm an old lady. <laughs> I'm like a lot more material on the television no i'm talking about content on social media i've seen a lot more like i feel like we aren't well obviously neither of us are engaged or married but we are like on our generations on that tail end of like the big bachelorette trip like the big which if you Mm -hmm. did that if you're doing that right now that's awesome i'm not judging you but but i'm just saying the trend is kind of dying out a little bit i think there's going to be a trend like the wedding bubble is like about to burst and there's going to be a trend of people being like you know what i think people will always get married yeah i think people will be like we're getting married but we're not gonna do the whole wedding thing because yes. it's just so expensive well and like my mom we used to talk about this when i was in college a lot and like post-grad because i would tell her as like i feel like everyone's getting married like i would tell her like i not that i wanted to be married but it was more just like wow, it really feels like everyone is doing things that I'm not at this moment in time because, and she's like, you know, Adriana, we had social, we did not have social. Now, sometimes, you know, the back in my day stories are not accurate, but in this instance, I see her point. She's like, we didn't have social media. Like she had friends like get engaged and then like break off that engagement. She never even knew about it because they didn't have anywhere to post it. Like this was just private turmoil her friends were going through. Like, Nowadays, there'd be, like, five Instagram posts deleted. People would be like, what the heck's going on? Like, who's this new guy? Like, everything is immediately posted in public. And I see why that can be damaging to people, obviously, because you compare yourself or whatever. And I think we're going to see a lot more people stepping back from that because as a reaction to the over-posting people do. Yeah. What about you? Any other... I mean, those are really my main ones. Like, I'm, I hesitate to say I'm hopeful for this new year because it is an election year, but. Oh, that reminds me of mm-hmm. a, a prediction that okay, I have. Okay, okay. So, you know how there's been two uh, Senate aides that got fired because they were having sex in the, mm-hmm. um, like, I don't know, wherever that. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be. A sex scandal mm-hmm. on Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. but this time in 2024, it will actually involve an elected official, not like just someone that works there. Yeah. I'm not saying that to be like, I hope that this yes. happens. I just have a feeling things come in threes and usually <laughs> the last thing that happened, it happens is big. So yes. that's what I'm thinking. All right. Let's see. 
Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Let us know your predictions for the year. Yeah, even if they're crazy and you yes. don't think that they're going to happen. Also, if you have posted in Outlist, I I apologize for Much love. <laughs> Much love. I'm just saying some people do not have their finger on the pulse of trends like I do. And so your in and out list are clearly a randomized list of nouns, okay? Just letting you know. Do better. <laughs> I'm asking I'm help me help you okay mm, be receptive to what we're saying yeah be don't recept- take be it with offense. yes <laughs> all righty so that is our in and out list of 2024 yep. uh, in and out <gasps> my brain. that is our predictions predictions let me tell you what's out in and out list yeah. that's what's out in what's in out- is predictions <laughs> What in is making wild, wildly inaccurate predictions out in and out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Got you. Gotcha. We're going to do big things this year, maybe. You know what? Our big thing this year is we're just going to do our best. That is our big thing this year. Yeah. And speaking of doing our best, we've had some big life changes. No, no one's pregnant. No, <laughs> no one's dead. Uh, Why would you start out with that? Because <laughs> the People assume these things. They're from the Bible Belt. They assume big news is always a baby. Yeah. But no, our big news isn't any of those things. Oh, we have a below the upper room exclusive. Yes. For the first time ever, we have an exclusive. We're doing an interview. That's right. An exclusive, never before heard. Someone is finally speaking on the record about something who are we interviewing today who's our first ever below the upper room interview <laughs> it's kenzie surprise i'm so mad right now the interview is just us yeah it's just <laughs> the interviewer is me guys and the interviewee who is being interviewed is kenzie yeah and Guys, I'm going to use a quiet voice so you guys know I'm serious. Um, we're talking about a very serious topic today. We're having our own why I left BuzzFeed moment, if you will. And except instead of I, it's Kenzie. Instead of BuzzFeed, it's... The church. Yes. And when we say we left the church, I not we. I left the church. I love my job at <laughs> the church. I already talked about this. Um, but it's not like we don't believe in God anymore. I keep saying we. I feel like we have to as a unit. Thank we have you. To make a yeah. <laughs> it's not like we don't believe in God anymore. Obviously, you think we'd still be doing this podcast? No, we are in a st- we are wrestling with God. Yeah, and we're going to continue to do that. But as far as the institution, the job of the church, that is what Kenzie will be speaking about today. What I will be interviewing her about because I personally have never left a church i've left job well actually take it back i have left a job at the church but very very different circumstances i was i worked on sundays i was um, a sunday school teacher and i worked there because i loved kids and i love the lord but also i was in grad school at the time and i needed a job where i could work minimal hours on the weekends and after my grad school classes so when i left to do my other like full-time job it wasn't completely unsurprising so much different scale and that is why we've kind of been a little absent we've had a lot going on yeah well if you notice we were pretty 
inconsistent with honestly the past six months Mm -hmm. that this is all on me like we've been inconsistent inconsistent in recording episodes inconsistent in posting and some of you maybe have doubted us and say oh they're giving up on the podcast no (laughs) i'm not giving up on the podcast I was just, my life was falling apart. How does it feel being wrong yeah, and judgmental? Never doubt us again. Never, never make assumptions, okay? But yeah, that's why we've been inactive. It's because of me and no. my life. Listen, I've been not on my A game either. Here's the thing though. Life happens and we're all better for it. And we're going to talk about it. That's right. Because you know what? This is an open and honest... At Below the Upper Room, we've we've literally been like, this is a conversation and mm-hmm. you guys are included. And I, it would feel dishonest. It would feel disingenuous for me to not talk about this mm-hmm. and not explain what's been going on in my life. So, yeah. Alrighty. So... Now, I am not world-class interviewer Alex Cooper, but I'm going to do my best, guys. All right, Kenzie. So, you've recently decided to resign from the church you've worked at. How long have you worked there? I've started working there November 2019. Mm -hmm. I resigned November 2023. So, I worked there for four years. Okay. How did you come to this decision? Okay, so this has been something that has been brewing a while. And I feel like I've kind of been like dropping dropping hints even on this podcast a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not only did I resign from my position at the church, I withdrew my candidacy for ministry. I took a leave of absence from seminary. Um, and I think it was really just, there was a sense of, am I doing this because I want to do it? I just felt like I had been going, going, going so much and I'd been advancing because that was like the logical next thing to do. And, you know, there were times even when I was advancing that I was like, You know, I'm willing to do anything to, you know, get ahead. Mm -hmm. And it just felt so icky because I'm like, this is like the church and why am I treating it like this? And I had just, you know, been really stressed out, honestly, because I just was like trying to climb the ladder and trying to do my best. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, like, my hair was falling out. <laughs> like, I was, like, I, it was, I, it was weighing on me. Like, I was, like, doing this. And I was, like, I, I feel like I have to do this, but I'm so unhappy. Like, I just feel like I'm doing this because I'm, like, well, I have to do this. Like, I have to do X, Y, and Z because, and I was going so hard that I didn't take a moment to stop and look around and be like, is this even what I'm supposed to be doing right now is working in the church? Like, is that what I do? I just feel an obligation to do this. And 
The other factor is, I mean, we've been talking about how there's a lot of turmoil in the United Methodist Church. And while I'm, you know, so supportive of, like, inclusion and that and and all of that, it just felt like because of the turmoil that was happening, like, there were other problems that were like seeping through that because they were so focused on the disaffiliation the they couldn't address like other problems that I saw happening in the church I felt especially this past year I felt like really just overwhelmed and I felt like there was I mean, there were people that were trying to help me, but I just felt like I'm trying to fix this thing and I don't even know where to begin, you know? No, I I understand. I feel like, especially when you pursue higher education, but also just at really any point in your life, when you've been so focused on one thing... You, ca- you do have that crossroads moment where, like, you do have to decide, like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Like, unfortunately, this is just how our society is designed. Like, you're supposed to pick one thing and do it forever. And, like, that's your job. And, like, I had to kind of have do that with um, speech therapy. Like, I had to have that moment. Like, it was my goal for so long. Mm-hmm. And I had to decide, is this really what I want to do? And I made the decision, yes, like, I really do love my job. I'm very passionate about it. I find a lot of joy in it. Now, someday, like, my maybe my passions will change. I think I'll always, like, love working with children, and I think I will always enjoy that aspect of it. We change as we get older. Our dreams change. Our passions change. But, you know, I feel like you are at that point where you're like, okay do I really want to do this forever? And some people decide no. Like my um, sibling, she was going to be a teacher and like that was her plan. And then she had, she's like, this is not what I want to do. And she had to make Mm -hmm. that call. And she gives me a little grief sometimes because she's like, oh, you just stuck to your plan. It's like, no, I had to make that decision too. Like, is this what I want to do? I think that's a very normal aspect of it. So I'm proud that you listened to that part of yourself because it is hard, especially Mm -hmm. when you, it's been like, so what you've been focusing on for so long, it can feel like I'm in too deep. Like I have to commit to this. You're never in too deep unless someone is dead. (laughs) You're never in too deep in a situation. And you know, I kind of keep on having to remind myself, like you talk about your sister, Mm -hmm. like this is so normal for people my age. You talk about your, you shared your own experience. Like this is so normal for people my age to be like, you know, the life path that I'm on right now. I'm just not sure if I need like, you know, being in your mid, that's what your mid twenties. Well, that's what your whole life is about. But especially at this point in, in, in our lives, I think my thing is like the church was just such a big part of my identity. Like, it was more than a job. It was going to be my life. Yeah. You know, and when I... And there's a spiritual aspect yeah, to yeah, it, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your spirituality as well is wrapped up into this. Yeah, so when I was like, you know what? I am going to 
resign from my job because of I was very open and honest of my uncertainty if this was the path for me and also because the job was like causing me so much anxiety mm-hmm. um I, I was like you know it feels like I don't know like it feels like I'm not just quitting it like this was my life this was my community and everybody has been super kind and super understanding to me which I'm very grateful for but there's always like this thing in the back of my mind that I'm like you know I let my community down you know but and you like, did it yeah but, <laughs> but I understand you still feel that I yeah yeah but I I mean I left at a super inconvenient time I left right before Christmas but I mean I was gonna actually when I realized that I needed to get out I was like you know what I gotta wait until well I can't leave in December because Christmas I can't leave in January because of um you know uh can't a winter retreat I can't leave in February because we're uh fundraising I can't leave in March because we're going yeah and I was I was telling my boyfriend this I was like I'm gonna resign but I I have to wait and resign until this month and he was like why and I was like well because of this 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 and he was like no like you shouldn't there's always going to be a reason not to to leave yeah and that's when I was kind of like you know what I gotta get out of (laughs) here which was very sad yeah and then, like, right before right before I was going to resign, basically, some things about the church, like, not to be dramatic, but basically there were people at the church, again, like, there's been a lot of turmoil and people are scared. And when people are scared, they look for someone to blame. Mm-hmm. And there were people that were saying that my program was the reason that the church weren't wasn't growing and I was like okay and I turned in my resignation that week because I'm like I understand again like I understand there's a lot of turmoil and I'm trying my best but because I've been so stressed out I'll take ownership of the fact that my work did st- suffer because I was not doing my best because I was in such turmoil spiritually and, you know, mentally. Um, but well, I also yeah. think like youth ministry, children's ministry, it's undervalued, but it is so important. And the thing is like, people know it's important, but because it's objectively like it's no one wants to volunteer for it. Like Ex- no one yeah. wants to, actually do the work to help strengthen the children now some people do I like I loved my co-workers at the church that I worked with like gr- they're all women by the way great women loved them like uh they loved those kids they loved the job just like I did but there were other people and I think this is the same for every church across the nation like it is undervalued work. And I think what you were doing, while it is valuable and so valuable, and we know that, we know it's valuable, 
people can't, like you said, they just wanted someone to blame. And I think that maybe exaggerated feelings you were already having about the church. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I do what you're saying about like, no one wants to volunteer. I felt like I was reaching out for help so many times, but then there were also times where I'm like, oh, I can't reach out for help. Like, I felt like I was screaming into the void. And I remember I ran into, like, a problem. I was, like, freaking out, running with my head cut off, trying to figure it out. And then one of my um, peers at seminary was like, well, why don't you talk to your head pastor and ask him to help you? And I took a step back and I was like, oh, wait, I can do that? Mm -hmm. But that was such, because the way that the structure of where I was working was set up, it didn't even cross my mind that I could ask him for help yeah. because of the way that things were. And I think, yeah. And I feel like that's true for a lot of churches. Like, I don't think you're alone in these feelings at all. Like whether about being uncertain about what you want to do and like wanting to make a big change, but totally different than what you've been planning to do or versus feeling undervalued. I feel like you have a big community out there. So. Well, I, I've, I've, thought there have been so many other young people that Mm -hmm. I went to school with that have left ministry yeah and they talked about feeling burnt out feeling underappreciated feeling like they were unsure if this is the path that they wanted to go and I remember looking at those people and being like that's great that you did that but that's not me like I'm so sure sure about myself and I have everything on lock and I do my job so great and And then I just, I love, and and I was like, you know, I love, um, the path that I'm on and then I didn't. Yeah. And then those same things that those people that I know that have left ministry, I was like, that became my story too. I finally understood what they were talking about. Not that I ever like looked down on them or ever. I just thought, I just thought they'll, that would never be me. I think something very similar a lot of teachers are going through that. Like, I don't know if it's just, there's been a shift in the last couple of years, but I think life has just gotten harder and things that were problems are now exaggerated even more. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, a lot of people can't ignore it anymore. And I feel like you couldn't ignore it. And I could tell it was stressing you out. Like even just as your friend, like I could tell it was causing you, great stress and here's the thing your job like some jobs are high more high stress than others that's a given but your job shouldn't make you miserable like you don't have to love your job like some days I don't love my job but like I don't feel at this time that time of recording I don't feel like the burnout like I don't feel like dread I guess and I think if you're at the point where you're feeling dread going Like, maybe it's time to make a change. And not everyone has the capability to do that. But I think that that feeling is a lot more common than people realize. And I think the frustrating thing for me is, like, I was starting to feel dread. But, like, the best part of my job Mm -hmm. is that I work with kids and teenagers. And I love them. I still love them so much. They're amazing. Their families are so incredible. And I was, like... 
it was not their fault by any means that I was feeling this way. I never, ever wanted to make it seem like I was leaving because of them. Because that's not true. There were other factors, again, like my own personal things and also just, you know, some Mm -hmm. things in the work environment that went down that I was just like becoming that were causing me so much stress yeah and nothing to do with them and I went to work so miserable I've really been feeling miserable at my job since March yeah and (laughs) and so from March to December every time I would walk into the building I would like almost like have a panic attack yeah and but I was like you know what like I have to suffer for God, basically. Like, I was like, I was like, you know, I can't let these kids down, even though when I told them, obviously they were upset, but they were also so understanding. Mm -hmm. Like, they, like, I, like, they were so mature, so kind, so caring. Their families were so kind to me. But, um, you know, I, Working in a church, you do see so much young people burn out because people are like, I felt this like I can't let my community down. I can't let God down. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you know, the people that I, you know, love, love me and Mm -hmm. understand me. And And you're not your job. Yeah. And also, I don't think God is going to be mad because (laughs) a 24 year old girl like quit her job. And I think. I think a lot of people go through that, especially when you work like if you're a teacher, if you're you work in healthcare or in what you work in. I've seen this a lot, like not it's popped up on Instagram reels, Mm -hmm. but I've seen a lot of former pastors or um, former clergy talk about this where they left because of these reasons you're describing. And I think there's this even greater pressure like where I like, because you have this omnipotent power, like looking over you, like we believe in this and we believe it to be true. And it adds this other layer to it. And I, I like, I think there's an expectation in teaching jobs and healthcare jobs and in your job that you have to just suffer through it. Like, because you, you're supposed to be a carer. Like you care, you're supposed to give everything. And the thing is the people who do these jobs, who love these jobs, we do care. Like we do care so much. We do give Mm -hmm. our all, but if to avoid burnout, and this is something I had to learn like, cause I would just lay awake at night thinking about my patients, like the patients where I was so worried about them or I was like, how can I help them? And even though I very much do still care about them, I had to learn like, you got to leave it at work. And I think for you, even at another layer, you almost couldn't leave it at work. Well, I lived yeah. in a house that was across yeah. the street from where I worked. I feel like you almost couldn't leave it at work because work was your life and your religion and everything. I feel mm-hmm. like that adds another layer to yeah, it. Yeah, and my home. Where yeah. I went home to was still the church. Yeah. I couldn't... I mean, this sounds bad. Yeah. Like, I couldn't escape it, yeah. you know, but... But, but everyone needs that separation, yeah. and I feel like you didn't have that. Not for your own fault. It was just the circumstances of the job and everything so 
do you do you feel like the kids will be what you miss the most or are there other aspects that you think well definitely the kids are is gonna be what I miss the most like that was the hardest thing leaving them yeah but I told them you know just because I'm leaving doesn't mean I have to be out of your life yeah that's probably gonna be the hardest part Mm -hmm. but also the hardest part is you know I all I've known is being a United Methodist and I would like to stay a United Methodist but right now it's just so hard that I just need to take a step back and not really do anything with it right now and that's like my yeah yeah yeah. figure out what my identity is besides of that but I mean but I still have so many friends in the church and I'll still obviously continue to be friends with them like it has the church has brought me so much um and I also feel like for me in order to maintain my relationship with God community is so important so I will I do kind of feel this weird disconnect with God I guess right now because I'm not in a faith community right now so that is weird for me as well welcome to welcome to the club baby (laughs) yeah like not to say like obviously like your relationship with God is like a personal thing but I just believe that we weren't meant to go through this alone like we were meant to have community so it is kind of weird for me and also I'm just I mean, I know I shouldn't be, but I am, I'm, like, embarrassed, you know? Like, I am, like, ashamed that, like, I was, I mean, I felt like golden child. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was, like, the world is my oyster. I just have to do this, this, and this, and I'll get this appointment by the time I'm this age, and I'll get that appointment by the time I'm this age, and yeah, I may have to strategize, I may have to step over people, but that's just the name of the game, and I felt like I had all these people encouraging me, and all these people supporting me, and I feel like I let them down, I feel embarrassed, like I, because it was such a big part of my life, and I've had to take a step back so now it's not a big part of my life and it does feel I I was telling Adriana this earlier it does feel like a breakup yeah you know it it feels like I was gonna say like I I I I, you talked about like you know when couples break off their engagement they delete pictures off of like I've deleted pictures off my Instagram like like deleted captions not because I'm I'm like hate that part of me anymore because it's still such a part of me and I still do believe that the church like the church did provide me with so many good experiences and it's still such a big part of my life but I'm like I'm not like I'm like embarrassed you know like I so that's why it's more it's more for me that I you know deleted things and and because I'm like I I don't want people to remember that, you know, because (laughs) then, because if people remember how into it I was, then then they'll remember how I couldn't hack it. Like, that's what I feel like. I couldn't hack it. I couldn't, you know, I let the stress get to me. And that to me is like embarrassing. I, what I was going to say earlier when you were saying, like, talking about how it wasn't the right month to end the job, I've said that exact thing to someone who didn't want to break up with their partner because they were like, 
well, this and this and this. And I was like, it's never going to feel good to go through a breakup. It, there's never going to be a right time unless it's like life or death, <laughs> but it's never going to feel like good to break up with someone. It's always going to be hard. And I think like, at least the difference here is it's like you, I feel like my word, my words of encouragement to you are, is that you truly loved and cared about something. And I don't think, and this is what I tell my friends, like there's nothing embarrassing about loving someone. There's nothing embarrassing about loving doing something and having a passion for it. Even if it didn't work out, like you think people are gonna be like, ha, what a loser. She cared. She cared about the church and wanted to work, like do work with it. What a loser. No one's going to think that. Like no one is ever going to think what a loser. They love something. They love someone. No one's ever going to think that. If you do think that you're the loser, <laughs> but seriously, like I, that is how I have let go of some of my, like, I don't know. I, I think there is always something embarrassing about committing to something and then not doing it. But then it's like, people don't, think about other people that much. So I understand that, but you don't need to be embarrassed, Kenzie. Like it's, there's nothing embarrassed. The work you did and the lives you changed, there's nothing embarrassing about that. Like that's gonna, that's forever. You know, like even if you didn't end up going through with the ministry program, like you have no idea what is next for you. Like you have no idea what is in store for you and that you've been placed on this path for that reason. Like you have no idea. Like you may touch more lives and help more people than you ever could have in that setting that you were in. You don't know. So those are my words of encouragement to you. Thanks. I really need to <laughs> No, sorry that sounded a little sarcastic, no. but I meant to I'm just thinking about what you said because I really feel like, you know, I mean, people are always like, God is calling me to do this. But I'm, when I was like so miserable, I was like, I, would God call me to hate my life? No. Like, <laughs> no, like, like, no. And that's why I'm like, you know, maybe God, I was. God did call me to do that for a time period. Maybe it wasn't meant to be for my whole life. I was going to say, this is not the same scale or the same importance. When I was in high school, from the time I was in eighth grade to the time I was a, almost a senior, I didn't do it my last year of high school, I was on a dance team. Now, did I have a passion for dance like you've never seen? No. I had a bare minimum level of talent. I could dance to the beat. I love music. That's more than I can say. <laughs> but I can do a, touch, a toe touch. <laughs> like, but the girls who were on that team for like the love of the game, that wasn't me. I prayed in eighth grade. I had no friends in seventh grade other than like my friends, my childhood friends. But our school system was weird. I had no friends. I prayed to God for friends. And my this girl asked me, Hannah, shout out to try out for the palm team with her. And I made some of the best friends I ever had. I had people to hang out with. It saved my life. Like, it's embarrassing, but it saved my life in high school. And 
by the time, again, this is so different, not the same level of all, but by the time I was about to be a senior in high school and I had to decide, am I going to try out for the POM team for my last year of high school? I was so burnt out. I hated it. I was dreading tryouts, but I had always done it and I felt like I had to do it. And I had this moment where I realized this was something for a time. God put me on this team to make friends. I have my friends now. I can let this go. Like I can let, and the relief and the weight I felt lifted off of me because I realized that was the purpose for this. And again, very different, not at all the same, but I encourage you to think of this. You have fulfilled your purpose in this role. Now you have to fulfill your purpose Mm -hmm. in a new role. I hope I made an impact while I was there. Like, especially to, you know, you made an impact to me. (laughs) Well, like, especially to the, all the kids I've taught. Oh, for sure. Like, I hope, I mean, I will definitely say that job made an impact on me in, in positive ways. It's not like I always hated, and I never, it's not like I was always miserable in the job. Like I loved my job. And I was like, yep, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like this job and the people that I did ministry with, especially the people I did ministry with have had such an impact on me. And I hope that I had an impact on them, I guess. I definitely think you did. And I think not to get all real life Christian, but I think when we have fulfilled our purpose within something, either with a person the discomfort becomes so great, we can no longer ignore it. And I think, I think that's God. Like, sorry guys, <laughs> being real life believer moment. I think we know when it's time to go. Shout out Taylor Swift. <laughs> but I do. I think we know deep within our souls, my work here is done mm-hmm. in this moment. Yeah. Like with this person, with this job with this direction I'm on, we know deep in our souls. And if we ignore it, it will only grow greater. And I saw a quote, I heard a quote lately. And it's like, when you are praying to God and you don't hear an answer, that's because you already know the answer. And like, I believe that when the discomfort is so great within you, you already know you got to get out of there, like whatever it may be. And I, I hope by sharing this, Because there's people, like I said, and like we both said, this is not a unique experience of people going through big life changes, um, you know, in their mid-20s. Like, this is not something that's unique. And I hope by talking about this and being honest and being transparent that, like, maybe someone out there is like, okay, I feel the same way. And... Or maybe someone's like, I don't feel this way. Maybe it <laughs> affirms my call, you yeah. know, like, so well, I that's think... what I hope from this conversation. And also to provide an explanation of why we've kind of been <laughs> inconsistent for the past six Things months. Been a little chaotic, <laughs> yeah. but I think, I think it's great that you're sharing this because like you said, I think a lot of people can connect with it. My, um, my boyfriend is older than me and. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I turned 24, I was very sad because I felt like a failure for some reason. I got sad when I turned 24 because I was like, I'm not in my mid, I'm not in my early 20s. I'm in my mid 20s. I was like, I'm not married. I don't have a house. I 
have debt. Like I owe student loans. Like I live mostly paycheck to paycheck. Like I'm not uncomfortable. Like I'm not living in poverty, (laughs) but like I didn't feel as successful as I thought I should be. And my boyfriend called me out. He's like, Adriana, I'm 30. And like, I don't have a lot of those things you've mentioned. Like, what does that say about me? And he, and I was like, oh my God, you're right. I'm being stupid. But, and he, he talks about a lot. And my dad too, like my dad didn't know what he was going to do with his life. He didn't go to grad school till he was 30. Like he was in the Navy. He had a winding road. I mean, my boyfriend too, he, um, installed kitchens. He worked at a drug rehab facility and then he went to grad school and he's like, I'm going to join the air force. Like you don't always know what you're going to do with your life or what, like where the path is going to lead you. But I think it's great that you trusted that voice inside you saying like, I have to get out of this. Like this is no longer serving me because how would that, and you also have to think like how, like not that you, not that you were doing anything wrong but like would the like would they have wanted someone miserable working there and that's what in my resignation I said I feel like churches deserve someone that's a hundred percent certain yes and a hundred percent like just ready to go and I'm kind of wavering so I feel like it would be best for the both of us if I were to leave Mm -hmm. and I also think like if you it's normal to feel uncertain but I feel like that feeling you were having wasn't quote-unquote normal like it's normal to like have grievances with your job or be irritated about things but when it's like affecting your health and your sanity I think at that point it's like time to step away and I don't know I hope this helps people out there but what's next for you Kenzie got a new job new apartment mm-hmm. new everything yep new year new me a <laughs> lot of change in a very short amount of time but I don't think at least we're the same yeah like I, <laughs> I I I you know like change is inevitable Time time moves forward, and I'm going to move forward. I haven't, since I resigned, I haven't been going to church. I did attend Midnight Eve Christmas service, because I just We almost went there. My family did. Boston Avenue? Yeah. Girl, you should come. My mom hurt her toe, so (laughs) we couldn't go. Um, But that was our plan, to go to Boston Avenue. But, um, yeah, so I don't want to leave the church with the capital T and a capital C. I don't want to leave the church behind forever, but I just feel like for right now I need to take a break mm-hmm. and figure out what I want to do with my life and who I want to be. And I will I just know that the church is always a part of me. God's always with me or whatever and <laughs> Um, I think I'll find my way back to the church eventually. I just need to take some time away. No, you can change your hair. You can change your clothes. But always find your way back home. I mean, yeah. Like I didn't go to church. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to church in college. I, I've talked about this at length. Um, 
ad nauseum, but I did not consistently go to church until I started working with you. And it was weird for me to no longer do that because I was like, ooh, like I'm not, I'm back to being a bad Christian again, bad, naughty, like I'm not going to church. And, but something I've discovered on the other side is God never loved me. God was always there. Even when I wasn't in a physical building or working for a physical building called the church. So I, so it's okay on the other side of it. You know, we still got this podcast to run. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the podcast, I don't, the podcast isn't going anywhere. We still got a bunch of episodes that we want to make. Y'all like, don't even know what's yeah, coming to we, you. Yeah, <laughs> we have down the pipeline. Oh my God. And so, but, and, and, you know, now that I'm not, um, in currently in seminary and I'm not working at the church anymore, um, we'll have so much more free time to like do this. So now that I'm not super depressed anymore mm-hmm. um i'll actually have the motivation to like post on the instagram at a podcast episode so stay tuned this is actually me quitting my job and withdrawing from school um is actually a good thing for the podcast so <laughs> guys it's only uphill for me wait yes it's only gonna get better from here you know you start at rock bottom can only go up exactly, exactly. just kidding we're not at rock bottom no we i was no yeah, just I, I personally was no i think i think it's a testament to god's not finished with us yet that we are still running this damn podcast yeah. 2024 that's you know but you'll see a lot more of us. Yeah, 2024, a whole lot more. Yes! Kenzie, on the floor. <laughs> uh, <I don't> yes! <laughs> I think that meme when it's like, when I'm drunk and I can only rap about Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Uh-oh, it's getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say the tweet right. Anyway, um, we love you guys. I... Um, you know, I'm not one of those New Year's resolution. I read through my unhinged diary entries from the past year. Truly, what is wrong with me? But and I found my New Year's resolutions. Didn't do most of them. Didn't. None of it. Most of them were not accomplished. However, I was listening to another podcast today talking about, like, what's something small, something good you can do for your community? That's a better resolution. Like, something you can do good for others that should be a good resolution and it's less pressure on yourself. Our resolution to you guys is we hope to be more consistent for you all and we hope to continue providing you guys with a space to have these hard conversations, have these conversations maybe you're not used to having um, or listening to these conversations that you're not used to hearing in uh christian spaces but we've received a lot of lovely messages of from you guys telling us how much this podcast means to you even if we don't post a lot (laughs) that was one comment like my sister's friend she's like i love their podcast they don't always post but when they do and i was like (laughs) thank you thank you shout out shout out shout out to that queen um but truly we are very grateful for you guys thank you for sticking by us 
through um, our ups and downs. We've had so many life changes, I feel like, since we started this podcast. Since we started this podcast, I feel like things have changed so much. Yes. And that's that's a good thing. Yeah, it's going to be crazy to reflect back on this just years from now. Like, Yeah, like we've been doing this podcast for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Where will we be in another year and a half from oh now? I, no, I'm just rambling, but I listen, I've been re-listening to a podcast I listened to when I was a senior in high school. They are still been going on, so that's almost coming up on 10 years of that podcast. And I know these hosts, they have, some of them have children now, like, and they had no idea. They had no idea, like, back in 2017, all the things that would happen to them. And, you know, Kenzie, you don't even know what's going to happen to you. I heard this other great quote. I've been quoting a lot. I'm in a quoting mood. Yeah, it's the new in, year. Yeah, <laughs> ends for 2024 quoting. <laughs> I, um, you know, as someone who deals with anxiety, I worry a lot about the worst thing that could happen. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen is just as much likelihood as the best thing that could happen. So I, I don't. I think the best things are going to happen for you, Kenzie, because that has as much weight as the alternative. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be okay. We'll power through. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Weak cheer. <laughs> That's fi- the energy I'm bringing into the new year. Any final thoughts? No, just thank you for listening. Of course, girl. That's what I'm here for. I'm your co-host. <laughs> I am somewhat obligated <laughs> to be here. I love making fun of podcasters. And then I remember the horrors. <laughs> I remember I am a podcaster. I know. I can't even make fun of like the podcaster BF memes. Because I'm the podcaster GF. The worst one of all. The worst one of all. I'm kidding. No, podcaster BF is way worse yeah. than podcaster Silence GF. Men 2024. I'm kidding. That was a joke. Mm-hmm. Men. No more podcasts. No more podcasts. We're the last good We're one. We're the only podcast that should be allowed. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pray us out. That was our hands slapping together yeah. for a mean prayer. Mm-hmm. Is it me? I'll pray us out. Yay. All right. <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much for providing us with the space where we can talk about these difficult conversations. Um, please let, um, you know, please lift up all of the joys and concerns um, of anyone listening to this podcast right now. Um, may everyone's 2024 be blessed. Um, may you encourage us to be the change that we want to see in the world and um, be with us as we're entering. Not only um, are we entering a new year, but I'm entering a new season of life. So be with me too. Um, and thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Go in peace.